Welcome to the fourth episode of Tiger Talks. I'm Emily, the content editor here at Tiger. Today, I'm joined by Tiger's managing director, Rebecca Siciliano, to talk about hiring in the face of uncertainty. With Brexit negotiations ongoing, we're not sure what's going to happen, but we do know that we've already seen changes in how we recruit. Rebecca joins me today to explain what exactly this means for talent acquisition over the next few months. So Bex is going to introduce herself and then we'll dive straight in. I'm the MD here at Tiger Recruitment. Um, I've got about 15 years of recruitment experience. That's always been within specialist business support, which is the area that Tiger specialises in. Um, our client base, obviously we've got clients across financial services, professional services, property, creative. So the information that I'm giving to you is going to be sort of a mix from a range of industries. Um, obviously, we've got our private and hospitality divisions as well, so we're seeing sort of a, a real variety of things coming through from all areas. The first idea that I was hoping to talk about is that of creative attraction trends. So it's not enough that you're advertising a role and hoping that the best talent's coming to you. We do now have to look beyond that. So my first question is, what role does marketing have in attracting candidates? So I think we're quite lucky at Tiger because we do recognise that marketing is so important for recruitment as well. Um, but there are a lot of HR teams out there that aren't necessarily working closely with their marketing teams at all. Um, so, you know, it's really about looking at the content that you've got out there, whether it's on your website, on your, you know, careers, um, you know, brochures, anything like that that's out there. And is that the right material that's going to attract the sort of business that you that you want? Things that you can do, like make sure that you're doing branding and reputation exercises, um, show your marketing team that material, um, make sure that you're getting feedback the whole time about you know what it's like to work um, for, for the company, what it is that people like about the brand, um, why they're inter- why they're interested in the organisation when they first joined. All these things are going to help you in terms of your hiring strategies yeah. as well. And of course, we've got things like retargeted ads where yeah. you you know targeting people in terms they may fill out an application but don't actually submit it and things like that. So bringing those two together yeah. so you can really, I suppose, follow the process through. Yeah, and that's so important. Like so many you know, companies will, will get people onto their website and onto their careers page, but there's just not enough there to sort of prompt them to apply at that time. If you're using those retargeted ads, then it means that once they're off your website and onto the next company page, your brand keeps popping up as a, as a bit of a reminder for them. Um, so it's really important. Yeah. And uh, I suppose moving on from that in terms of technology as well, it's impossible to ignore these days. How can hiring managers take advantage of tech when they're recruiting? Yeah, so we're definitely seeing more companies make use of uh, videos to attract candidates to the roles as well as using videos as part of the interview process. So it can be those video applications that are coming through. It could be even setting up you know, the first stage interviews through VC just to, to save some time. Another thing that's really important, like so many people use their their mobile phone to apply for jobs and make sure that your website's optimised so that, you know, people can easily apply for a job. And then, you know, we're hearing so much about AI as well. Um, love it or hate it. It's one of those things like some people can see the benefits, other people just don't like that idea of speaking to someone that is not a real person and a robot. Um, so, you know, that... It, it does have its sort of time, you know, place in recruitment as well. It can really make the, the screening processes a lot faster as well if you if you're enhancing AI technology too. Yeah. From there, it's just like looking at that candidate journey all the way through. Like, is their journey can, uh, conversion optimized? Like, can they just go onto your job ad- advert? Can they easily see the next steps? Is it one simple apply now button that gets them through to the page that they're after? Um, even things like you know whether you're including invites for leadership events that your company are hosting or suggesting other roles that could be 
of interest to that candidate as well. So they're not just seeing one position, they're just seeing all these different things coming through from your company. Yeah, fantastic. And of course, Google for Jobs is a big thing that we've seen over the last year um, in terms of websites, you know, making sure that your website job schema is set up for Google Jobs and, and using a diverse mix of advertising strategies, of course, would be, would be a big thing yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, again, whether you're using um, that out-of-home advertising, radio, um, Google AdWords is something that is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger as well um but then you know there's so much you can do on social media as well we you've got employees now that are profiling their potential employees they would be going on to their social media, their social media. You do. check linkedin yeah. check check everything. their check their pictures all yeah, of those things all those type of things um but you're getting candidates that are doing that for the companies they're hiring as well we'll get candidates come to us and tell us if they've seen, seen an unfavorable review on glassdoor um, they'll look at companies' Instagram pages as well. You know, it, it can be such a useful tool to have a, a company hashtag that people can go through and see all the exciting things you're doing at your business. From there, it's really important, I suppose, to maintain that candidate communication. So can you explain to me how what we mean by that? Yeah, so candidate communication, it's, it's not just the ad itself. You can have an ad that's written you know, amazingly, but it's not. it, it doesn't sort of... Um, mean that you're going to get that candidate through the door. It's that process and it's that engagement that you've got with the candidate. You've got the two things, like reputation is such a big thing. So if people are talking negatively about your business, then, you know, it's as easy as, oh, I applied for a job there and I didn't hear back from them. And then that starts to create a bit of chatter out there. So, um, again, I've mentioned Glassdoor. It's, you know, such a popular um, site now and a really good way of attracting candidates. If you're a potential employee looking you can't go on and look at roles unless you're giving a review on yeah. a company that, that you've worked for, yeah. for a previous company. So um, it's really important to kind of use technology like that. Um, if you're, you really have to sort of work on your existing staff to attract new talent as well. We tried doing a careers video on our website and had really positive results and really positive feedback from that as well. Um, it's and then sort of just making sure that the candidate can see from from the moment that you they apply to your ad to the first interview, um, the second interview, all those stages in between, right through to receiving their contract and start date. It's really important to keep everything very slick, um, very timely. Deliver on what you say that you're going to do. Yeah, because of course there is sometimes a risk of candidates dropping off. So you want to have, yeah. be in control of that situation the entire time. Yeah, and keep that process quick. Like just, as long as a candidate knows what the expectations are they're fine it's just if you tell them that it's going to be a three-stage interview and then at the end you sort of drop on them there's also going to be another assessment or something as well it can kind of put people out of it yeah cool but as we've touched on this already with the candidate communication but to, to dive into it a little bit more streamlining your hiring processes so obviously when a good candidate comes on the market you want to set them up really really quickly but we are seeing lots of clients miss out because they are taking too long how how can hiring managers kind of stop this or assist other teams in within the business to really capture that talent yes, from the outset? Definitely important. Like you've you've you know got the dream CV there. You know that they look ideal for your role. You you've got to then get them through the door. Um, so candidates that are applying for jobs, they're not just applying for one job. They're going to be applying to a range of different companies. Um, you've got to make sure you guys that you stand up at, at that initial point as well. It can be. As I mentioned earlier about setting expectations around the number of steps in the process, um, nobody wants to, you know, find that they're, they're at first stage and in a position, um, and then they're waiting a long time to get to second stage as well. Um, you've got to build up your relationship with your candidates through the hiring process. They're going to remember that person that 
really sort of embodied the company and, and made them feel like they were being looked after throughout the, the process and almost you know if it's that HR person that's giving them tips on you know what to say when they're in front of the hiring manager that's going to help as well so really building those relationships um, and good candidates they're just moving so quickly you just have to make sure that you're keeping the process very clear educate your hiring managers if someone internally is traveling and you're struggling to book in that first stage interview make sure that they know if they don't prioritize this they're going to lose the candidate um that's where that technology around video calls can come in really handy on those sorts of things as well okay now we move on i suppose to a big buzzword at the moment or a buzz idea which is this idea of work-life balance and flexible working you know the idea of a work-life balance is changing could you could you tell me how how that's changed Work-life balance is such an interesting thing, again, because, you know, it's something that's been around for centuries as well. Um, it was actually Robert Owen, who was a Victorian social reformer, who came up with, with the term um, eight hours labour, eight hours recreation, eight hours rest. That was back in 1817. Um, it hasn't really changed since, which is no, kind of scary. <laughs> no, and the, but the thing is, times are changing, and we're seeing this come up more and more. Like, it's a different society. Like, everyone's connected through technology. You don't have to be in the office to do your job, and most of us will, will be connected when we're not in the office. Um, one of the biggest things we're hearing from candidates that are looking for new roles is that they want the flexibility, they want the work-life balance, they want that sort of day that they're able to work from home, and it's just something that's so important. Like, it's not just you know, a short-term thing, we're going to keep moving in that direction as well. On a practical level, how can businesses integrate flexible working into the workplace? If the idea of flexible working is new to your business, you do have to introduce things gradually. Um, you can do that by making one change and then measuring the impact of, on the productivity of the business. We introduced flexible working at Tiger. We made it clear that it was going to be something that would start off on a trial basis. We needed to see there wouldn't be a negative impact on performance um, our standards, we need to make sure that clients were still being serviced all the way through. Um, so it's been a, a bit of sort of give and take and just kind of trying things out, seeing what works and seeing, you know, making sure people know that it, flexible working doesn't mean that you're, you've got an extra day off. No. It's about being given that trust. You know, what are the challenges in flexible working and how can they affect the business? So it can be as easy as technology, like making sure that your company has the right technology in place to allow flexible working. Yeah. Um, employee engagement as well, like how do you make sure people still feel part of the team if they don't have that interaction within the office? Um, you know, going out for lunch with, with someone or grabbing a coffee, things like that can, that communication has, has got to, you know, still, you've got to find a way of incorporating that. Yeah. Um, and trust and you know it, it's not just uh, for managers as well like sometimes it can be that the employees don't feel trusted you know they don't feel trusted by their employer that. um, and it's you know that can sort of have a negative impact yeah as well. so that's where I suppose internal communications and things like that really come into play in terms of make, saying look we have a policy and we want you to use it yeah definitely yeah. so and I think in, in, in that case you just have to make sure that you've got the technology the internal communications are there you've set up sort of other ways of keeping in touch with people um, and you know people it, it, you're measuring performance rather than anything Actually else. turning up. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So uh, I suppose the next big topic um, is, of course, remuneration and rewards. So um, whilst, you know, these things like flexible working and, and benefits are fantastic, at the end of the day, we do need to talk about, I suppose, salaries. Yeah. Um, so what is the current state of affairs in terms of remuneration? Yeah. So um, what we're seeing on this side, like obviously that unemployment rate, lowest in 40 years at 4%. 
Um, salaries are increasing and we're seeing the rate of wage growth at its highest since the pre-financial crisis. Wow. Um, but if you're looking at that on a wider scale across sort of the last 35 years, it shows a, a really different picture where we're seeing that um, wage growth is on the rise again, but it's not got the same peaks that it's had in the last 35 years. Okay. Um, so that shift that that's creating, we're seeing this, you know, candidate, candidate short market and, you know, there are less of those good quality candidates out there. But we're also seeing that the ones that do want to move want to move for an increase in salary. Right. Um, So our salary survey, which was done on London-based candidates, showed that people are moving for an 8 to 10% increase in salary. Wow. Okay. So we're not going sideways on salary. We're definitely definitely going up. Yeah. And and people need to, if they need to, you know, be able to afford London, really, and things in their life. We're seeing, you know, even clients that are prepared to offer up to 15% increases or even buying out bonuses. Wow. Um, and that's for, you know, PAs and ex- executive assistants as well. Fantastic. Yeah. So I suppose, as you mentioned, you know, what are candidates looking for? They want salaries that are going to cover a mortgage. Do they want relocation costs? Why, yeah. why are they looking for that higher level? Um, so, again, like, it, a lot of it just comes down to the cost of living in London. But what you have to do on that side, like, not every company is going to be able to afford to just sort of up the salaries, up the salaries. Yeah. you know it doesn't it doesn't work so what you have to look at in that case is why why do people want these increases in salary and if we can't afford to pay it what kind of benefits can we introduce yeah. that are still going to give people what they're looking for so again that comes into you doing sort of research and matching your packages to the wider market trends of your your workforce yeah um that might mean whether it's looking at sort of the polarised needs of multi-generational workers. Um, you know, do you, do your benefits packages include things like financial support, um, mortgage advice if, if younger workers are looking to get you know a foot on the on the housing ladder? Um, do you have any support for employees that are looking after elderly parents or you know parents that want those childcare vouchers? Like there are so many different benefits that you can add in that won't necessarily be a hike in salary, but they're going to make a big they're difference. They're going to add value, yeah, yeah and that's the most important thing, I suppose, at the end of the day. So can you give me a bit of a summary, I suppose, for hiring managers who are looking to hire in the next few months? Definitely. So first of all, you've got to work with your marketing team. Um, make sure that your marketing team are working with you as well to make sure and get that content out that's going to get you the best representation of your company and attract the best talent for you guys as well. Um, streamline your hiring processes. Make sure that you're doing everything you can to make that hiring process as simple as possible. Keep your candidates engaged and keep them informed all the way through. The other big thing, flexible working, it's the norm. It's not a benefit anymore. You've really got to try and incorporate it into the workplace in whatever way is practical and works for your business. To find out more insights about hiring in uncertain times, head to Tiger's website, www.tiger-recruitment.co.uk.